This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Good Sunday afternoon, everybody, and we welcome you to the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Harvey and Joe along the way. We ride with you until 3 o'clock, 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM. We got company at about 2 o'clock. Bobby Marks of ESPN will join us. We'll try to dissect some of the things that are going on in the NBA from a front office standpoint. So I'm very excited about talking to Bobby. I've known Bobby a long time from his days with the uh, then New Jersey, now Brooklyn Nets, where he was outstanding in their front office. He's had a great career. And when you talk about numbers, he's the guy. So I'm looking forward to chatting with him, how the new uh, bargaining agreement will affect trades and salary caps and all this other stuff. So Bobby Marks will join us at 2 o'clock. Until then, it's you and I. 1-800-919-3776. We'll get to your calls in a minute. But first, let's talk a little baseball, shall we? Of course, game two of the NBA Finals are tonight. You can hear that right here on 98.7 ESPN. But we'll start with a little baseball. And let me begin in Chez Ravine in the beautiful state of California, where once again, Aaron Judge has proven that he is just an unbelievable baseball player. He is for me. And this is all due respect to Atani, who is doing amazing things because he pitches and plays every day. So we put him in a separate category, right? But for me, I mean, Aaron Judge is the best player in Major League Baseball. It's not even close. He's carrying a Yankee offense that, listen, they've played better. They've hit better. They've got reinforcements coming, okay? Uh, Stanton's back. Donaldson's back. Stop it, Joe Leo. I know how you feel about Donaldson. Stop it. He got a home run first first game back on Friday night. So maybe this is started something big for him. Same thing with Stanton. So you've got some reinforcements coming back offensively, but – I don't care whether they're here or not. As Aaron Judge goes, so goes this team. And it's not close. I mean, he he right now is the MVP. <laughs> he is. What can you say? We'll hear from Aaron Judge and Aaron Boone in a couple of seconds, but here's the thing that jumps out at me. And, and we we know what he does with the bat. Okay? He is he is to me, he homers every day. I mean, I know he doesn't literally hit a home run every day, but he homers every day. But the other part of it is just how much uh, impact he has on the baseball game. So even if he's not, even if he goes 0 for 4, okay, he's making a play in the outfield similar to the play he made yesterday. That was an unbelievable play. First of all, to make up the ground he made. And then to go into a a fence with a trap door. <laughs> then when he hit it, it opened right up. So, listen, Aaron Judge is an unbelievable player. And when you see what he's what he's, you know, able to do and think how he started. Okay? Go back Yankee fans to him coming to the major leagues. And he was striking out. He was he, he he was striking out like every time it bad it looked like. And then he found himself. And then he had the 50 plus home runs. 
And then he has not stopped since. And the only thing that has bothered him early in his career was availability. That is not bothering him now. He plays a lot. And for this Yankee team to be successful, he has to. I still don't understand, and Gordon Damon says it all the time, and it's the same thing we say about Pete Alonzo. I don't know why he pits to him. I don't know why. He does damage all the time. So, listen, if you're a Yankee fan, enjoy it. You are watching a tremendous player, a player who is dominant. Okay? He's a tremendous player. Let's hear from him. Aaron Judge was asked, how do you feel after hitting that wall? Oh, we're feeling good. I think the, the fence got most of it. And thankfully, it was that part of the wall where it had some give. So I think that saved me quite a bit. You know, if it was a solid wall, it might be saying a different story. But, you know, it made the play and got out of the inning. What was it like for the fence to give out on you after you made the catch? There was quite a quite a bit of give, so I wasn't too happy with, I think, Muncie getting second base there. It's not like I, you know, tumbled over and went out of play. The, the fence broke. I still got an issue with that if they would have scored. But, you know, King did his job, held him down, and we got out of the inning. All right, let's hear from Aaron Boone. Aaron, any concerns with Judge's shoulder after that catch? I think that's one of the really good things the last couple of years that he's learned is, you know, how to play through things, how to play with things, how to get ready each and every day of the long haul of the season. Yeah, so he is, uh, listen, he has just done a tremendous job, a tremendous job uh, with this Yankee lineup and what he does on and off the field. He, he He's great. He's great. Yankees have split the first two games with the Dodgers. They play them again today. Meanwhile, at City Field. Now, yesterday was a historic day. More Mets got into the, uh, have their numbered and named retired. Uh, Howard Johnson, obviously. Uh, Al Leiter, former Yankee, former Met. Uh, and the two broadcasters, Gary Cohen and um, Howie Rose. So it's a great day. You enjoy that. You, you, you love. And, and I got to say this. What I really enjoy about Steve Cohen is because he is a Met fan and owner, he really loves to embrace Met history. And you're starting to see that more and more under his ownership. Finally, the statue of, of the late great Tom Seaver. Uh, more other more than more and more Mets involved coming back. More and more Mets going into their their, you know, Wall of Fame, Hall of Fame. So you like that. You like that he has a history idea. He, and that's because he's a fan. And that's because he's lived and died with this Met franchise. And so his appreciation of the history of the team, be it great, be it bad, be it nonchalant, whatever you feel about it, he likes to keep it alive. And that's what Met fans love. And that was the one thing that I think the Warpons made the mistake in. Because it was almost, City Field was almost uh, a salute to the Brooklyn Dodgers as opposed to the New York Mets. It was, and I understood that you wanted to give them acknowledgement as a National League team, a forerunner, even though the New York Giants were a National League team too. But nevertheless, more they related more to the Brooklyn Dodgers. So they were Brooklyn Dodgers fans. So I acknowledge and I respect the fact that they want to acknowledge Brooklyn Dodgers, the Brooklyn Dodgers and that franchise of Ebbets Field and, 
and the greatness of that franchise before they moved to L.A. But not at the expense of the Met history. And so that was a good thing to see that yesterday. And then there was the game. And so a lot of conversation about why Buck Showalter chose to pitch to Vladimir Guerrero who is an unbelievable hitter. We know how dominant he is. We know how dangerous he can be. He's a great hitter, especially with runners on base. And we know that David Robertson has been outstanding for the Mets. He's been in the role of closer. He's done multiple innings. He's pitched. He's had four out saves. He's had five out saves. He occasionally has pitched on back-to-back days. So he has been, in lieu of Edwin Diaz, any, everything you could ask. He has done everything and more that you could ask from this Met bullpen, especially when you understand how infrequently, except for the past week, that the starters have gone into the sixth and seventh inning. I mean, this has been a franchise where the pitchers, the starters are giving you five. Maybe you get to the sixth once in a while. Now, they've only been six plus, what, 16, 17 times? And now they are 16, I think they're 16 and one in those games. They've had one loss when the starter has gone deep. So it means that the when you get your starters to give you the length that you need, the bullpen has been lights out. Yeah, I know we have issues with Ottavino. I get it. I know, you know, Robertson, as I mentioned, has been lights out. There's been some other guys there you're not sure of, circle of trust, uh, whatever. But let's face it. When the bullpen has not been taxed, they have performed well. So I have... I have no issue personally because he, Showalter felt that Robertson could get him out. He has gotten people out before. So I get the second guess. I do. But at first guess, I didn't think of walking in with the bases open. I felt Robertson would be able to get him. That's just me. If I have an issue with anything, it's the fact that the Mets once again have given their pitchers no, no margin for error. Again, now we're down to these just a couple of runs. I mean, when we were in Colorado, the ball's flying out the ballpark. Oh, Mets are back. The offense is back. Look what's going on. Oh, they're just beautiful, wonderful. Oh, look at this. Ten runs, nine runs, seven runs. Oh, look at this. Everything's good. Okay. Mets lose 2-1. Where's the run support? What's going on? I mean, that is really the situation here that you have to be concerned about. And It's inconsistent, but it continues to be an issue is the inconsistency with this lineup. And yes, Peter Alonso has been phenomenal, but once again, and look, Francisco Lindor has has been outstanding defensively. He has given you everything at shortstop that you can use. Unfortunately for him, he is such a streaky hitter that he could carry an offense for two weeks and he can disappear for three. And right now, he's struggling. And without the consistent length that you have, and listen, you tip your cap to the Blue Jays pitchers as well. But this is a scenario where, and we've said it before, and we keep saying it. And and listen, the shock of all shocks is that Vogelbach's hit was the only run that scored the Mets that the Mets got yesterday. He hasn't hit in years. <laughs> Obviously, I'm being facetious. He hasn't hit in a while. He's he's underachieved. So, once again, the Mets not giving you a lot of runs. And so, 
the pitchers do not have a lot of margin for error. Now, you could say, well, Larry, because of that, that's why you should have walked Guerrero. Once again, and I know Buck kind of wavered on it, went back and forth. Uh, but for me, I thought that Robertson, as good as he's been, would have gotten Guerrero out. I had confidence that he would get him out. And it's look, as we know, baseball is a, is a game of inches. And the ball just reached under uh, Beatty. Otherwise, we're not having this conversation. On that pitch, I don't know what would have happened as you go to the 10th and you have, you know, fun time baseball with the different rules of the ghost runner at second and whatnot. So they may have lost anyway, but just for locking in that play, it was it just didn't get it done. Mets, 0 for 11 with runners in scoring position yesterday, 0 for 17 with runners in scoring position in the two games against Toronto, and they have scored one run in the series. One. And they let Chris Bassett come back and celebrate, uh, you know, with shutting them out in the series opener on Friday. All right, enough of me. Let's talk to you. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM. We'll take your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Well, I saw an article from Rich Samini today that I had a little concern about. It. I had a little concern what was in the article. I'll share that with you a little later in the show. Set to the phones. Uh, Column in the Bronx. Column, start us off on the Larry Hardesty Show. Uh, good afternoon, Larry. So you were talking baseball and everything, and I wanted to get a little bit into it, the Yankees. Um, the two complaints that I hear a lot of people saying recently, obviously, you know, Josh Donaldson, he looked really good, obviously, coming back, but people are concerned with, you know, where where he's going to play or is that going to lose uh, at bats for, you know, DJ LeMayu or whatever the case may be. I think it's a good scenario because DJ LeMayu has been hurt a lot the last couple of years, and so has Rizzo. And giving them a day off here and there every once in a while to make sure that they're healthy and well-rested for the end of the season is is extremely important. You know, you want to have everybody available for the playoffs. And that's the other complaint. Every single Yankee fan is going to complain about, it doesn't matter about the regular season, what do you do in the playoffs? And the last seven years, the play, the problem with the playoffs is always – been hitting the lack of at bats the lack of good hitting or or people being injured or not enough bats or whatever the case may be the left field spot is wide open you know I don't know who necessarily is available or isn't um you know the producer mentioned um you know Jock Peterson is an option Mm. if maybe if the uh maybe if the Phillies start you know continuing to fall off maybe you go get Kyle Schwarber you know, something like that, or, mm-hmm. you know, I think, that, you know, there's other names available, but I think a lefty bat would also be probably the most important thing. The only consistent lefty bat they have in the lineup is Rizzo. Mm-hmm. If you have another lefty bat around that five, six spot, I think that helps uh, a lot of different things too. I agree with you, Colin. Thanks for the phone call. Donaldson returning, it could be a good thing if he produces. I mean, if he's going to give you what he gave you last year, that's that's status quo. You need him to be closer to what he's been on his baseball card. Now, look, I understand that he's gotten older, 
and I understand. And Aaron Boone claims that, you know, in spring training, he was this was the guy he was looking out for. I'm looking for a big year from him. He's going to be improved. He's going to be this and that. All right, let's see it. Because you're right. If he's able to produce, then it does allow DJ to go around the infield. He can give Glaber a day off at second. He can give Rizzo a day off at first. You're correct. He can DH. He can do so. It does give you more flexibility. The bottom line here is the Yankees have to, have to, Find a way to lengthen that lineup because from the bottom of the lineup, and you hit it, six, seven, eight, eh, you're not getting a lot. You're not getting a lot. And unfortunately, Bader has been like the ultimate tease. He's produced when he plays. He's just not available enough. He's hurt already again. He just came back. He gave you like a week or two, and he's gone again. It's unbelievable that his lack of availability. And so – Yes, I agree with you about Donaldson if he produces. If he doesn't produce, I mean, you know, he's just a long list of guys that you're just struggling with to say, okay, what are we going to do here? Spike's in St. Pete. Hey, Spike, how are you? Good. Nice to hear my friend Colin. Uh, two baseball remarks. It's my second sport. Um, mm-hmm. Found it wonderfully refreshing last night to put the Yankee-Dodger game on and dream I was 11 years old again seeing those uniforms. <laughs> They're, you know, they're classic uniforms. Mm-hmm. That, it was the purest white uniform, the Dodger uniform, and the Yankee gray had something to it. You know, it was everyone. And I can't believe in the old days they wore flannel uniforms. And that's My something? God. Even in the summer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just started a gym regiment and just came back, and I'm going very slowly. And you see mm-hmm. the, the wear, the people wear things now. You know, I know what they all are, but it brings me back to my youth, as Joe Pesci said. Uh-huh. But it was nice. And the Mets, listen, the, it, baseball's a long season. You're going to have ebbs and flows. He's got plenty of money. Uh, uh, Colin mentioned Kyle Schwarber, but he's hitting like 170 or something with some home runs. Yeah. So, listen, we'll see. I pull for the Mets. But I'm going to get real quick to the to the hoops real fast. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, just make a quick, quick comment. Um, it, it's so funny. Uh, you know, UB said you can't teach height. There's a disparity. The, the path to victory for the Heat, which you'll get to later, is narrow. It definitely is narrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, this morning you're talking about uh, bringing back Tyler Hero. Yeah, you'll get some points, but the defense is horrible. Uh, Jokic reminds me of the Portland team, 70, whatever it was, with Jack Ramsey. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Walton. big forwards, Maurice Walton, Lucas. Walton, Maurice Lucas, yeah. yeah. And they had the gunners on the outside. I don't think you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think the three started till that was prior to the three point shot. Yeah, it was. Yeah, right. So, but they won 50 and five. They started off something like that, 50 and 10, and then Walton gets hurt uh, the following season. But but look, it's just Jokic. Just I can't have any more superlatives for him, Larry. You know, you want to say he passes like magic and shoots like bird. Took two shots in the first mm-hmm. half. He sets a pick. It's like a road detour. He's so big, <laughs> and and it's a pleasure to watch. And then listen, Porter shoots forty two percent from three, and he shot two for eleven or something like that. And and Miami shot. Uh, they made one out of three, and Strauss went out. Strauss went off for ten. Mm-hmm. It could be real fast. I'd like to see a closer series because more basketball for me, the happier I am. Right. But it really looks like we underestimated, which we talked at night about, uh, how good Denver is. And I like the coach because of the lineage. So we'll see what it is. But uh, don't lose hope with your Mets. You know, it's a, it's a long season. 
It is. It is. There's no question about it, Spike. Thanks for the phone call. Thanks for cheering me up. It's just, it's frustrating only because this is a team that is built and money was spent for them to win it all. Okay, this is a World Series of bus team. I don't know. And for me, here's how I look at it, Spike. I um, I feel that this team has to win every game Scherzer and Verlander pitches. Okay, I, that's how I feel. They have to win every game Scherzer and Verlander pitches. Okay, because the rest of the rotation is, is a little unsettled. Okay, Singer's going to pitch today. He pitches great at home, but obviously all eyes are going to be on this this outing because it's the first outing that he's going to be on regular rest. They've always given him an extra day. Today he's pitching on four days rest. All right, so let's see how he – at home he's been great. And if you're going to, I guess, quote, experiment, unquote, with this, this will be the day to do it because his splits have been tremendous at home. Tremendous. He's like a different pitcher. But yeah, McGill, again, struggled. Carrasco, not bad. He was pretty good, but he's been up and down. So I need I need pitching on days with the, my two guys. I need them to win. So if I'm in a close game and they haven't pitched, okay, I need to win. I, I'm looking like I need to win that game until I can get the rest of my rotation together, until I can see what Quintana's going to do, and I don't think he's going to be available for another month. All right, until I can see what's, what's happening and the issues that – it has on the bullpen because they're pitching a lot and getting not nine outs. They're getting 15, 18 outs on some occasions. So that's why I'm a little concerned because I realize the, the you know, a lot of pressure on this team. They won 101 games last year and didn't win the division. 101. And so, and they've made additions. And they, and they should be better, but they're struggling. And so that's what concerns me. 1-800-919-3776. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Well, I'm always going to give credit to the other team pitching. Philadelphia pitched well. We didn't score a bunch of runs. We made it stand up because we pitched a little better than they did. And we pitched well these two games. We just haven't been able to push across for one run in 18 innings. It's, you're not going to win many games that way. But I feel proud of Tyler today. You know, he had a lot of counts that got away from him a little bit and made him get his pitch count up. But Rails came in, got us, gave us an inning. Otto, Robbie. We just uh, used every bullet we could to try to keep it close. Had some opportunities out there. You know, uh, Vogie hit a ball we scored on. Obviously hit another ball really hard that they were positioned real well. Most times that's a double. But we still have to create some margin of error for our pitchers. There's not much right now. No, there isn't, Bob. Team is struggling. Hard to stay on a Sunday on 98.7 ESPN. And look, I understand and I have a lot of respect for Francisco Lindor. And I'm not one of these folks who just pile on him. He hasn't done this. He hasn't done that. But he's he's just, and we'll hear from Showalter on Lindor in a second. He's just so streaky. And I don't remember him, and maybe it's me, but I don't remember him being this streaky in Cleveland. I remember him being a little bit more consistent. Now, look, n- nobody hits 
every single time they're at bat. Nobody gets hit every single time they come up. But it's just, it's the key moments. It's, it, it, it's just getting a sack fly. Sometimes it's not even a hit. And sometimes it's guys sacrificing and moving the runners over. And I'm not talking about bunting. I'm talking about hitting to the opposite side so you move a runner to third so you can score in and out. Sometimes it's just the little things. And unfortunately for Francisco Lindor, who, I mean, he's got home runs. This average is awful. On base is not what you'd like. Buck Showalter, what do you see from Lindor at bat? Obviously, this is a guy that's playing every day. He's uh, playing well defensively. But, you know, if you look at, if you throw out the batting average, you know, he's, he's not the only one that struck out today. And, you know, if you start picking guys out, you know, then who takes his place? You know, I, I've got a lot of faith and trust in Francisco. He's got a long track record. Certainly, he's frustrated by it right now. We're frustrated for him because we know he's, he's better. But uh, he's one of our best options. Buck, do you think he's comfortable at the plate? Of course, you know, because we've seen how good he can be and has been this year and will be again, I, I get to see it firsthand. But he doesn't carry it out in the field. He made a couple of big defensive plays for us today to keep it close. But he's not the only one. You know, he gets, I understand why he's singled out, you know, but he gets singled out because we've seen how much better he's capable of. Exactly. And, oh, yeah, the salary has an, a price tag and an issue as well. It adds pressure to him. Francisco, how are you feeling at the plate right now? I felt like I had quality at bats this past two games. I haven't got it done with people on base. I've hit the ball hard a couple of times, especially today. And yesterday, yesterday I took a couple of pitches down the middle uh, with people in scoring position. And then today I ended up swinging at him and not putting the ball in play with people in scoring position. I took a lot of pride in it. I, I didn't get it done, but I feel good. I feel good in... in in a, in a way that I'm, my swing have it's there. Um, I just got to put the ball in play when, I, when, when no one's on them, when, especially when people's on, on, on base. And here's the other thing that hurts him, and it's very simple. Unless he, who's protecting him in the line? You know, if, if you've got guys struggling, you know, you pitch around him, you don't give him – he's hitting in hard luck. He's not getting – you know, there's nobody hot behind him that you'd say, okay, we got to – Got to pitch around him. Well, we don't want to pitch to that guy. We'll, pitch, you know. So, and, and Showalter's right. Who are you? Who are you going to pull Lindor out of the lineup and replace him with? I mean, this is arguably your second best offensive player. Arguably, he's the he's the guy that you want in your lineup because he can get out of a slump at any given moment. That's what you expect. That's what you're thinking when he's out there. Because he's talented. He's too talented to continue the struggle. And once again, it's not like he's hitting a buck two. It's just he's been really, really streaky. Really streaky. And when you play better teams, and look, this is a Toronto team that we both can, we all can agree, has underachieved. This team on paper, and I know they lost some players, but this team on paper should be better than their record. I mean, they had a closed-door team meeting a week or so ago. So even they understand they're underachieving. All right? And my other concern has been that, that, and this is kind of that, it's not that much of a talent, it's not a talent disparity here because Toronto is a very good team. But see, my biggest issue with the Mets is has been the fact that they have not played well against teams they're better than. Toronto's a toss-up. They're a very good team. 
underachieve, but they have talent. You, you know, they've got guys who can hit the baseball. And you knew going in, you know, with Berrios, you're not going to get a lot of hits. He's good. You know that. Tommy's in Connecticut. What's up, Tommy? Noon. How we doing? Good, man. What's happening? So, uh, before I uh, I pose a question to you, Spike's call made me laugh when he was talking about the flannel uniforms. Didn't that make you think of the Seinfeld episode where George has to switch <laughs> from, from polyester to cotton and they shrink in the, in the wash? Yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> oh, my God. That was the it first did. thing that came to mind. Um, but Good I, call, I don't know Tommy. what you were I don't know who you were focusing on last night. I, I wish I had two TVs so I could have watched the Yankee game and the hockey game. What do you think was the better play? Judges catching right, banging through the gate, or uh, Aiden Hill's absolutely insane save with the paddle? Tommy, I got to look at his save again because it and thanks incre- for the phone it was call. incredible. I, I believe you because of because of I was I was back and forth. I was doing Yankees. I was all over the place. Thanks again, my friend. Yeah. But um, so I have to see it again. But I would say Judge's catch was unbelievable. But once again, and, I, and I, 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 I'm hedging because I, I have to see the play again. But I would kind of maybe lean towards the play in the Stanley Cup because of the fact of what's on the line. Because it's a yeah, championship that, game. You know what I'm saying? And I don't. Yeah, and, and absolutely, the stakes are so much higher. And 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 I, Judge almost makes everything look routine at this. Yeah. He's good. <laughs> it's a little bit good, Tommy. <laughs> Thanks for the phone call. So, I, and once again, I'll take a quick look at it during the break. But I, you know, I gotta. I'm. I'm I'll lean towards it, like I said, on the ice because it's, it's the it's, it's Lord Stanley Cup's final. And this doesn't diminish what Judge was able to do. It's a great catch. Saves a couple of runs. It's a great catch. But the moment of of a playoff in the finals, to make a play like that, I, I might lean towards it. You know, I'll give you definitive answer next on 9870 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Before I get back to the calls, okay. Aiden Hill save? Sick. Sick. I got to give it to him. Got to give it to him. Got to give it to him. I mean... Game five, um, game five, Stanley Cup final. You know, with all due respect to Aaron Judge, who had a tremendous play, that's it's unbelievable. Save DiPietro! DiPietro likes save, absolutely. Absolutely. That's crazy. That is crazy. 1 800 919 3776. Brian's in West Palm. What's up, Brian? How you doing? Great. I want to talk. I want to. I have a couple of trades for the Yankees. We okay. trade Glaber Torres. You bring uh, Peraza up, blame it short, play Volpe at second base, and then you get a package of either uh, uh, Jimenez or Roberts uh, to play left field for the Yankees. You, you throw, the Yankees throw in maybe Spencer Jones or Trey Sweeney, and you get one of their pitchers. You, you get like Giolito or. Or they have this kid, uh, Crochet, he's a lefty, could slot in as a a lefty setup man or even a, a lefty closer for the – Only for, for Glaber? 
Only for Glaber in the minor league? No, you getting I'm, all say, this back? I'm saying I'm saying Glaber Torres and like a Spencer Jones or Trey Sweeney. They're rated in the top ten uh, uh, prospects of the Yankees, and you pick up a left fielder, and either Roberts or Jimenez, and then you pick up a starting pitcher like Giolito. All right. Uh, okay. Because the White Sox aren't going. The, uh, the White Sox are going nowhere. I, I I have MLB TV. That team is going nowhere. Okay. They're not. But why the, do the, they, the, why do they? If you want, what makes you think they want Glaber Torres? Because they don't have a second baseman right now. But if they're going they nowhere, why would they? If they're go, you're telling me they're going nowhere and they're going to trade for a guy that's not going to take them anywhere? Because if well, he was good, you wouldn't want to trade him. You have Glaber Torres that's, that, that's under contract for the next couple of years, and then you get a guy like, and we'll give you like a Trey Sweeney, and we'll get uh, we'll we'll throw we'll throw in another another prospect, a top ten prospect, because. Uh, by All Star break, they're going to start trading guys anyway before the trading deadline. Why not go to the White Sox now and say, "Listen, we'll get, we'll tr- give you Glaber Torres and two of our t- top ten prospects. We want either Jimenez and, or Roberts to play left field and a starting pitcher." Okay, I, I hear what you're saying. I just, I just don't know that. And thanks for the phone call, Brian. I just don't know that Glaber. And I know that there's been rumors that the Yankees have been looking to move him. But I just don't know that he's given you enough to get back what you really want to get without having to give up more. It's not like he's, you know, it's not like he's hitting 280 with an on-base percentage in the high nines. I mean, he's been up and down too. He, he's been a lot like Lindor. They're hit or miss. So I understand you're tired of him. I understand you want to get rid of him, but I don't know that right now his, I don't think his uh, his his value is high enough for you to get what you think you're going to want to get back. I just don't. I think um, you know, I could be wrong, but I just haven't seen. He's given. He's had flashes. He's had flashes. I he hasn't been consistent. So I just I don't know that that's going to get it done. But thanks for the phone call. Uh, Rob's in Merrick. What's up, Rob? Uh, hey, Larry. Long time no speak. Hope all is well. All is um, good, Rob. Where you been? How come long time no I know, speak? I, I'm sorry. I was actually on hold last week, but then I got to a destination and I had to, I had to hang up. I apologize. All right, Rob. But, don't uh, let it happen again. I'm just joking. Go ahead. I, I, I won't. I won't. <laughs> what you got for me, Rob? Well, as your ever-optimistic Knicks fan, I have an assessment of three players, and I really appreciate when I listen to Spike kind of break things down. So this is kind of for him as well. So I'm a tennis coach, and when I teach Hmm. somebody to hit a serve, you don't want to swing your racket back fast because then it doesn't affect how you're going to hit it. If you watch RJ set up for a jump shot, he hitches his left arm really, really fast, and that affects the touch. He's got no arc. He's got no softness to it. So he could work on that. Number two, Obi Toppin. I love him. We all love him. Great kid. But it's time for him to start affecting the game in a more positive way. If he could watch some video on a young Andre Iguodala, Derek McKee, hmm. Scotty Pippen, he has that type of athleticism to be slashing, making steals, rebounding, being a crazy great defender. I'd love to see him improve. But here's my key, Larry. Mm-hmm. Quentin Grimes. Yeah. 
you watch him take a jump shot. He's got such a beautiful, quick release. He could watch some video on guys like Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, Clay Thompson. But we got to call plays for the guy. The plays that we call for RJ have to start going to Quentin Grimes next year. And I'll tell you, he starts getting up 15 to 18 shots a game. We are going to improve immensely. Lastly, I don't know if my fellow Knicks fans realize this, we could have had Nikola Jokic, but instead, you guess who we drafted? You know that? No, uh, go ahead, Rob. Depress me. Clee Anthony early. We took Nikola <laughs> <laughs> Jokic. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> oh God. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. All right. Look. Um, Let's break down what Rob said. Part of the issue with R.J. Barrett is, you know, he got his shot blocked. So I think he's now rushing to get his shot up. So what he needs to do is just make a quicker decision. He gets his shot blocked on jumpers. He gets his shot blocked at the rim a lot. So he needs to do a better job. Um, He needs to make a decisive move. It's okay to use a pump fake every now and then. You don't have to always go straight up because people have a book on you. that That's what you do. Uh, So that's the issue. Okay, Obi Toppin, I hear what you're saying, Rob, about Obi, but I don't know. He is athletic. There's no question about it. But I don't know if his – when you start talking about Scottie Pippen defensively, man, he's got a lot of footwork issues he's got to get over with because Scottie's footwork, we talk about his length, but it was his footwork that constantly helped had him in position that where his length became effective. Okay, because he was right there. His footwork, his ability to be light on his feet, good crossover, his ability to do that fundamentally, that's what made him so good defensively along with his length. So, and there's been a lot of conversation about Obi Toppin. Lack of rebounding uh, because he's leaking out on the break. You know, so some, some of that is he's looking to get out on the break for the slam dunk. And you're right. He needs to have a more, a more direct parallel a more direct input on what happens in the game when he's there and he's got to develop a mid-range jumper it can't just be three or dunks he's got to do a little better there he's got to be a little smarter okay he's he's got to be a little does a, do a little better preparation you know what i'm saying for he, for who he's playing now you know and 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 that that will help him but when you start talking about some of the guys you were mentioning you know their basketball smarts He's got to get a little better in that. He's got to be a little better prepared for that. Uh, Quentin Grimes is a has a pretty jump shot. It's a pretty form. But to be fair to him, he's also charged with sometimes defending one of the one or two toughest players defensively. And that takes away from your offense. And so sometimes his legs, his legs just aren't there. And then he also tends to rush his jumper. So it's a matter of, yeah, it's a matter of play calling, yes, but it's also a matter of guys understanding that when I get the ball, I, I'm not just, I just rush and get, let me rush and get rid of it. Let me take a dribble or two, set myself. Let me take a dribble or two and maybe get a shot. And if it's not there, I'll pass it. But this rush to shooting has been an issue for this Nick team as well. Jose's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? Hey, good good afternoon, Larry. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jose. What's going on with you? 
I'm doing good. Just you know, Excellent. going going over you know what was happening in this sports week, and that judge catch was amazing to me. It was. Just 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 talking over with it with Joe, and to me, I, I like I like I, I just don't think he's human at this point. Like we were just <laughs> having that conversation. And um, by the way, Harvey, next time never up talk the Red Bulls when you know they they they're not a good team, and we, we you really uh, you really disappointed me there with you know thinking that they were gonna crush Orlando. Um, as far <laughs> <laughs> and as far as you know and the one thing i gotta say you know um larry i do thank you for you know allowing to be always allowing a long-winded talker like myself to always get to my points because I, I wouldn't want a shot clock put, put on me in the future <laughs> and, and also um it, it's been a kind of fun week because i know that you're an avid listener to the radio station you know mm-hmm. uh, I, I gotta say thank you mr graza because you know you don't take any of my comments personal like other radio personality host so i want to thank you guys for always you know allowing me to talk my sports and allowing me to do my dig and everything and i do agree with uh what the previous caller said i kind of want to see more um plays for quentin grimes i think that mm-hmm. he does have a nice jump shot it's more of um i i the way um how can i say it you know how randall played in that game against the Cavs before he got injured yes again i think it was that game five where he was kind Kind of getting like six, seven, or six, like um, O'Keefe was saying the other night. I mm-hmm. think if he, if they really utilize that type of offense and that type of passing the ball game, I think they can really get those games because people forget that first year that when we made that playoff run, it was a, a unison of guys like Alex Burke, Reggie Bullock, and you know R.J. Barrett all getting you know. Within their touches within that within that pass flowing offense, it just wasn't all, all Julius Randle, even though he was the most consistent. You're right, Jose, and, and thanks for the phone call. Um, but what happens is, here's the issue: when you play better teams, and they take Randall away from you, what do you have that can take over? And help keep your offense going. And so your Alec Burks, your, you know, your R.J. Barrett's, the players you had on that team, they weren't good enough individually to make that happen. We'll continue the conversation next on 98.7 ESPN. Ask Phil. 